0: Two hundred thirty-three of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rayhall, but you can call me Patsy, the Angry Nerd, and we are here, brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network, sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee, and we are here in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, and uh, I am, of course, not alone. I am joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is (gasps) the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. I feel like I'm missing something. Did I miss something? Real Housewife Michael Phelps, Countess, Baroness, Mistress. I think I got it all. Queen of the Monsters and an honorary Lizzie. I think I already said that, but I don't care. It's Ashes of a Nightmare.
1: Perry the Platypus, what are you doing here?
0: You know, it's not a terrible impression, but relatively. Relative. Relative to the other ones.
1: I think it's a good one. Yes. I'm doing a really good job.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you also are like, what's oh, that's you oh Like,
1: that is a horrible impression.
0: That's a me you, re- you should impersonating really impersonating you, impersonating Christoph Waltz. You Walt. should
1: really work on your impressions. That's They're terrible.
0: Yeah, it's spot on.
1: Terrible.
0: So I know we promised you a Hobbit episode, but the weather did not cooperate. It's tough to watch. A movie that is many hours long when you don't have any power. Not even
1: a movie. Movies.
0: I know, but we couldn't even start it.
1: Movies. Yeah, so we were hit with quite the north, northeastern. Wow, well, nor'easter. Northeaster. That's what they're called. That's a thing. Neither
0: Christmas nor'easter. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, last weekend, and it knocked out our power for quite a bit.
0: The classic so- nor'easter made in the classic sou'wester. Rain turning into snow... Turning ice and then melting in the summer.
1: <laughs> okay. It's
0: from uh, Skinner's Sense of Snow, season. So, 15.
1: anyways, long story short, because we didn't have the power. I have the power. I have no power. Yeah, so anyways, because we didn't have any power, we couldn't watch the movies. And then when we got power back, it was late.
0: It and was yeah, very late.
1: Time was not on our side. So anyways, the Hobbits will happen next week.
0: Yes. Uh, I was I was uh excited though, because uh, if For those of you who get to follow along on uh, social media, you got to see the fact that uh, Ashes had purchased for me Simpsons Monopoly. And uh, I would have won if I was allowed to rob the bank. You would have won
1: if you were allowed to cheat. Which is funny, coming from the person... Unable. ...who called me a cheater all game.
0: Yeah, every time you would roll the dice and land on free parking and get all the money, I was like, that's cheating. Uh, Because... All right, so she rolls the dice super shady, okay? Like, she kind of just, like, puts them down.
1: I can't help it if I have flair.
0: She doesn't roll the dice. She just kind of, like, puts them down. Oh, I need a six. Oh,
2: a four and
1: a two. I shake them up in my hand, and they get very well shooken.
0: Very well shooken. Very well shooken. Not staring. And
1: then I place them down.
0: And then, uh. Gingerly. There's no reason
1: to be like, whoa! But she wouldn't let me rob. She wouldn't
0: let me rob the bank, which, as the banker, I have the right to do.
1: Is cheating, and you spent a lot of time in jail during that game. I did. I went to jail like eleven
0: times. But it was fun. I was a monorail conductor, Homer, and you were. uh,
1: Don't look at me. I voted for Kodos. That's
0: right. Well, you, you can't tell if it's Kang or Kodos, but it's one of them um it might even be Serac the preparer but uh which was voiced by James Earl Jones
1: by the power of the <laughs> that's a little delayed
0: it's what i said when the lights came back on i was very excited <laughs> I was also very excited because I, again, if you get to follow along on social media, you get to see this. I used my shark lantern and my shark headlamp that everyone was like, oh, that's for kids. Oh, that's dumb. It's like, yeah, and now the power's out and I can see where I'm going. And I don't stub my crotch on anything. So,
1: ka uh,
0: You know, like when you walk into a table and you're like, oh, my groin. No. Oh, just me then. No. You know what? I guaranteed somebody else is like, yeah, man, I've done that.
1: Yeah, no, no. Um,
0: so today, instead of uh, the the hobbitses, we're going to be talking about filthy
1: hobbitses.
0: No, no, filthy hobbitses. Next Uh, week, we're going to be talking about Heinz Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz, 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 The uh, main bad guy, although can you really call him that? Doofen from uh,
1: abandoned storage shed,
0: Doofishberts, Doof <laughs> you <Doofens> Incorporated, <laughs> but not really a corporation because corporations weren't invented yet. <laughs> More like a guild or a tradesman association.
1: Doofishbert's ex-wife's caravan. <laughs>
0: uh, from, if you've never watched Phineas and Ferb, he's like the, the main. Th- foil bad, he's the foil he's not bad a bad guy. guy he's not a vill- he's
1: well, I mean, like he, he he tries to be he he's a villain the, the way, the way
0: villain. gru is a villain except none of his plans ever work
1: he's he's a masterful scientist he is he is an inventor very of many inators
0: yeah everything that he makes ends up with the word like it's like oh this is my magnet magnetinator like everything has inator at the end of it and they, like, lean into that. But we'll, we'll get into that My a Perry bit. the
1: Platypus lunchmaker-inator.
0: Yes. And uh, the Perry the Platypus, which is the pet of Phineas and Ferb, is also a secret agent, one of many animal secret agents. He's Agent P. Agent P. And uh, they have a complicated relationship. And we'll yeah. That's a really good Perry the Platypus. You sounded like you were just kind of cold. Um. There is a there is a uh, couple of things that we're going to be playing, um, including one of the better episodes, one of the better things that uh, Schmerz has to deal with, because he is also a single dad. He's a dad. Yeah, he's a he's single dad. He's just
1: trying to seem cool to his 16-year-old daughter, Vanessa. Yep. He just wants to make her proud of him mm-hmm. and... You know, he just wants to show how much he loves her and appreciates her. Yeah. And she, in typical 16-year-old fashion, um, wants, wants, wants nothing to do with him.
0: Yeah, so wants none of it.
1: So this is a really cool character to cover. And if you haven't seen Phineas and Ferb, check it out. Disney it's Plus. It's a great show. So it aired from, I think, 2009 to 2005.
0: 15? I think it's 15, yeah.
1: Maybe? There's, you know, a, a, there's a, a handful of seasons, not like a crazy There's hundreds of episodes. ridiculous number of seasons, but each season has a, a an ample amount of episodes. Um and there e- each episode is broken up into like the two parts.
0: 2007 to 2015.
1: Okay, so I was a little off.
0: And they um, have like different specials, but it was only four seasons.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that's because the seasons were so long, right?
0: Yeah, like season one is 23 episodes. Having
1: that many episodes, and like I said, each episode is broken up into two different parts, unless it was a special. So not only do they have the story that is canonical, and what I love about this show is that you can kind of jump in. So we're in the process of watching it consecutively. But, uh. It
0: was 131 episodes.
1: Well, there's 104 days of summer vacation.
0: Right. And school comes have,
1: along just to end it.
0: They have the, uh. They have the, uh. Star Wars specials. They have, like, a lot movies. of mini
1: sodes and stuff. And, um, kind of things that aren't canon with their direct universe, but they're great. Right. Like, like the Marvel. The medieval, yeah, like the Marvel, like the Star Wars. Well, the medieval like one the, was
0: just the story that was being told, and they right, happened but, to but, be but,
1: the But still, but but they, that whole story. It was a Lord of the is, Rings.
0: Slash, uh, Monty I, Python the and the Holy Grail ripoff.
1: Um, yeah, so that stuff and uh, their journey into the multiple dimensions—that uh, is kind of canon. It gets a little weird, but it's a lot of fun, and it's created from the same people who brought you Rocco's Modern Life.
0: Yes, and the cast is fucking amazing. Like Ferb, who never almost never talks is played by uh, Brody, what the fuck's his name? I can't think of his name, but he had a bit part in Star Wars, uh, the, the Force Awakens, and he was Jojen Reed mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Game of Thrones. It has Richard O'Brien as their dad. And there's even an episode or two where Tim Curry does. Tim Curry played the butler in one episode, mm-hmm. but their grandparents, their grandfather, is fucking Malcolm pa- McDowell. Their mom is Carolyn Ray.
1: Their other grandfather is Barry Bostwick.
0: Yes, which makes sense because Richard O'Brien. Uh, yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar, Richard O'Brien played Riff Raff in the Rocky, Rocky, Horror. Rocky
1: Horror Picture Show. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the the voice talent that's behind it. Um, the. Actor who does the voice of Vanessa is also the actor who Kelly does Hugh. the voice of Marceline the Vampire Queen from Adventure Time.
0: Mingna Wen is in it occasionally.
1: Like they have, and then all of these Disney stars. So Ashley Tisdale does the voice of the sister Candace, who's always trying to bust her brothers. Um, Thomas Brodie
0: Sangster,
1: Disney talent behind it, obviously. But a lot of you know, you, you kind of scroll through the IMDb, and you're just kind of like that's a like like so and so did that voice like it's
0: you'll see some you know the usual suspects like D Bradley Baker uh, Kelly Hugh plays Stacy um, uh, Candace's best friend um, John Viner who is in or Viner who is in Family Guy he did the voice of uh, Cleveland Uh, Carrie Walgren Jack McBriar John O'Hurley Ariel Winter Um, yeah there's Carlos Carlos Alazraki, who is a, a veteran voice actor, Allison Janney. Oh yeah,
1: Allison Janney <laughs> is actually the voice of Charlene Doofenshmirtz, who is Dr. uh ex-wife,
0: Jennifer Gray.
1: Yeah, so like a crazy amount of voice talent uh, involved in this show, and it's so cute. Like it's funny. It's it's uh, not the like, it's a different Cloris type Lichman of... P- played
0: his mom, Doofenshmirtz's mom.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Jane Lynch. Yeah, like, it's, it's a who's who of...
1: But it's not like, it, it's there's nothing that's going to go over anybody's head as far as, like, you know how sometimes they'll throw, like, some adult humor into these children's cartoons to kind of be, you know, funny and alluring to the parents, give them yeah. something to enjoy? Like a like, this doesn't Like, this doesn't really have that, but the humor is... There's the funny, like, the the blatantly funny stuff, and then there's the really smart things that happen, either, you know, the puns or... Um, the way that things are 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 presented and stuff. Like, I'm doing a horrible job at describing it. So, just but if using you've, the, if you've seen it, like you know.
0: Just using the Excalibur episode as an example, like, you know, they have Doofenshmirtz explaining his evil plan as he walks down this spiral staircase, and he's just like, and he walks behind, you know, the the giant pillar, so you can't hear him. So he's like. It was the biggest raspberry I ever saw. was what I said because there was a gag over my mouth. Like, it's just, it's so funny because they'll use, like, the same, uh, like, setups a couple of times. And, like, the third time is the payoff with the joke. It's excellent. Like, it's a lot of fun. Like the, nobody gets hurt, and it's really
1: clever too. Like it's stuff that uh, you haven't necessarily seen before, with the different inventions and the adventures that Phineas and Ferb go on, or you know the the crazy shenanigans that they have in their it's backyard. It's almost as if
0: if Calvin and Hobbes got made into a cartoon series, it's very similar. Kind in of, reminiscent yeah, of that. yeah.
1: It's kind of like. A, a, Imagine having the ability to bring to life some of your most imaginative thoughts.
0: Yeah, it's like, what are we going to do today? Well, I really wish we could go to the beach. Oh, let's build a beach in the backyard. And it's one of those, because it's serialized, every episode is self-contained, so by the end of the show, everything is back to normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple exceptions here and there, but it—you know by the end of like the two-parter or whatever everything's back to normal. Right. And then, you know, things just pick up like it never happened. You know, like the... uh, And and everything that happens, no matter how weird it is, everybody just kind of takes it in stride because, like, that's just the way things go. Mom,
1: Phineas and Ferb are making a roller coaster in the backyard.
0: Yeah. Like, every day, and Mom's like, oh, I'm going to cooking class. And it's... What I do like is that there's some consistency with some of this because it's Mm -hmm. like... Oh, I'm going to my cooking class. But she goes to the cooking class more than once. Like, it's a thing that she does on the regular. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's always an excuse for mom and dad to be out of the house. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to Krav Maga today. Or, oh, I'm going to this. It's kind of like when Homer goes to Moe's all the time. Like, there is a central location that they have... Uh, it's like a specific set. That Mom they would has go to.
1: extracurricular activities right. that she does on the reg.
0: Dad dad has his antique business that he does.
1: Yeah, and he's also uh because he's from overseas.
0: He's British.
1: He's yes. Because he's from the UK, he does a lot of traveling. Yes. For his job and, you know, visiting his family and stuff. So
0: you know, and we the first time we get to meet their grandparents on uh the uh Wait, what's Ferb is what's their last name it's Flynn and um, Flynn is Phineas side
1: yes um oh crap. so it's, it's like a Brady bunch well while
0: you're looking it up I'll kind of explain it for folks who are unfamiliar so there's
1: Here's a story of a lovely lady
0: they kind of look up the thing so you have you have Phineas and Candace Phineas. who are sisters uh, sister and brother and they' are the child of uh, I forget the mom's name. Mitch, I think, Um, and then she married Mr. Ferb uh, and his kid uh, (laughs) Ferb.
1: Mr. Ferb. Is it like Fletcher? Fletcher. Yeah,
0: I thought it was Fletcher, but that didn't seem right to me. Uh, But yeah, Um, so Ferb and his dad are British and have the British accents. And their parents, you know, Malcolm McDowell. They live in a castle, and their butler or their neighbor's butler is Tim Curry, which was amazing, by the way. Um, and Phineas and Candace's grandparents live in the woods, so, like, you know, it lends itself to, like, oh, we're going to go trek through the woods. Like, they found pirate treasure one time, and another time there was Bigfoot. And, you know, so they have these really cool set pieces, so they're able to do specific things uh, based on where they go, and it never seems, like, forced or shoehorned in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we should probably talk about our getting into character question because yeah. we've just been talking about Phineas and Ferb And time. at
1: some point we will cover more characters from this show because it's so fantastic. But today we are talking about Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And because Doofenshmirtz is an inventor of many inators, our getting into character question for today is if you could invent any type of inator to either help your life or... Or hinder somebody else's? What would you invent, and why?
0: I would. Uh, I would invent a bring me some moneyinator because, <laughs> and it's not. It's only. It would only be used like it's like, ah, oh, you know. And I'm sure tons of people out there can can commiserate. You know, it's like, uh oh, you know, paydays a week and a half away. I'm I'm or 4 days away and I need gas and you know I just I need so I you know I wish I had a few bucks it would just all the loose change that was missing or like you know somebody accidentally threw a dollar away into the trash it just <laughs> suck all that up not stealing from anybody just discarded change and money and it would obviously automatically sort everything and so you could, you know, roll it up and bring it to the bank, or drop it in a coin star or whatnot, uh, you know. And, and it would bring you like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks, you know, depending on the uh, the radius. You know, and that's what I would. That's what I would make. How about you, there, uh, ashes?
1: So there's two that come to mind:
0: the wine wineinator. E-
1: yes, the 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 wineinator that would turn any beverage into. I, I would turn water into wine.
0: Oh, you're Jeebus.
1: Yeah. Just call me Jesus. So um don't yeah. fuck
0: with the Jesus.
1: <laughs> but, like, how great would that be? How many times are you in a situation where you're like, God, I could really, like, I could really just go for a glass of wine right now. You know, whether it's, you know, you're sitting at home and you've already consumed your wine at home or, you know, it's it's snowing out. You don't want to go out to the store or you just, you're at work and... Life sucks, you know. Like you're just in a situation where it's like, it would be great. Glass of wine, to be able to just pour water into a glass, it would be like a goblet.
0: A goblet of fire.
1: It would be a goblet.
0: You just made me think of a thing that a I would chalice. Do. I would I would make I would make the Christinator, and what this would do is, anytime you were running low on like snacks and stuff at a party, you would zap it, and all of a sudden there'd be way more than everybody needed. It's like, oh, hey, we're out of fish sticks and bread. I'd be like, ciao, Christinator.
1: Okay, what party is serving fish sticks? Because I don't want to go to that party.
0: No, I'm just saying like, oh, we're out of sushi and toast points. Ciao, not anymore. Christinator.
1: <laughs> and also, I would invent the ashes needs a breakinator.
2: What and break? what
1: I would be able to do is stop time. So everyone else would stop. And time would stop. But there would have to be, like, an allowance. Like, like I, I couldn't stop it for longer than X amount of time. Like, I, I couldn't stop it for longer than, like, two hours at a time.
0: What if you were to... Because
1: then people would start to age. Like, that doesn't make sense. But, like, how often do you wake up and you're just like, ugh... I just need like just like an hour, just like one more hour, like in bed to sleep, or like when you're at work and you're just like, God damn it, people will not leave me alone, and I just need a fucking break. Like, just give me, just give me like five minutes, ten minutes, what about, with nobody bothering me. What
0: about like a a inator like, you know, kind of like the same thing where instead of to- stopping time, it altered the perception of time around you, or like. Things would speed up for you, you know, all around you, and, you know, everybody would experience time passing at the exact same rate, so no one would think anything was up. So you could speed up or slow down the passage of time. I just,
1: I I would, I just want, I just, I just wanted to stop. Just wanted to stop. I also would invent the Meowinator that you hook up to your cats and your cats could talk to you.
0: They already talked to me.
1: Like, meow, give me food.
0: I know. Like, I saw a meme the other day. It was like, oh, here's my cat meowing at me. Here's me meowing back but making 13 grammatical errors. So, no, that's a good one. Like a, a dog cat translatinator.
1: Yeah, a cat translator inator.
0: Yeah, that would work. That would work. Um, I'm trying to think. So the money, the extra fish sticks. And. But like, oh, but like, here's the thing. Nobody
1: wants extra fish sticks I'm just I saying
0: that. I love fish sticks
1: Do you like fish sticks? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a gay fish? Um, Motherfucking gay fish.
0: I would also invent. I
1: love to have a gay fish.
0: A. a sp- spoiled food reversinator when you're you know you go to eat something and you're like oh i was going to eat this spaghetti but it's f- oh, fuzzy and green. oh this spaghetti that's
1: 2 weeks old that i was saving for today oh darn it i can't eat it anymore
0: yeah um i i would uh i i would make one of those a
1: defuzzinator for your food
0: yeah like a food demoldinator. you know like i would i would do something like that I would uh I would want that. You
2: sure about this? It's time for me to stop running. I need to believe what people tell me. Let all my fans know I love them. But a gay fish just can't live in the outside world forever. <laughs> for guys. I'm going
0: home. But yeah, I I would uh I would absolutely want uh, a food oh, spoilage cool. reversinator so because so uh
1: down, why
0: joked Definitely.
1: <laughs> <I wanna do laughs> Conversation while this is playing.
0: I would absolutely uh, gay want fish, more yo. fish sticks. because. Gay gay fish. Fish. I'm a
1: fish, you yo. fish, fish. <laughs> <Holy laughs> <the> <laughs> Okay, <but this> <laughs> we talking about. So if you out there have any inators that you would invent to make your life a little easier or make somebody else's life a little more difficult... Let us know. Hit us up on the emails, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams,
0: and I think you can text it. me. I don't know. Yeah, like it depends on like you know how well we know each other. You can uh, you can uh, reach out to us a variety of different ways. So I think this is a good spot to uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to be discussing. You've been heard, stable and corporate. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows
2: how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary.
0: Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. Dad? That's your dad? No. I was at the Caribou Lodge once, and it was just like this.
2: hey the Platypus, what are you doing down here? Dad? Oh, hi, Vanessa. Dad, what are you doing? Well, I'll be honest, I don't really understand, but I fell down this hill. Now I got glue on my hands and I got records on my fingers. Records on my fingers, I got records on my fingers and I just can't stop. Don't stop. I can't stop, I got a platypus controlling me. What? controlling me now. Let me sum it up. It was a strange set of circumstances. A strange set of circumstances. I cut down the hill. I got glue on my hands. Now I got records on my fingers, and I just can't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Well, I would if I was able. There's a platypus controlling me. He's underneath the table. There's a platypus controlling him. What? Oh, I get it. Platypus is a metaphor for whatever's keeping you down. Like corporations are a platypus. The government's a platypus. Your teacher is a platypus. My teacher is a panda. Society's a platypus. My parents are a platypus. The media is a platypus. It's all just propaganda. Yeah, we all got a platypus controlling us. Just me. We all got a platypus under we, we all got a platypus controlling us. I'm control not taking metaphorically. The platypus controlling me is underneath the table. controlling me? There's no platypus controlling me.
0: Uh, your dad's kind of cool.
1: You're my punk rock boyfriend. You're not supposed to think my dad is cool. It only matters that I think he's cool. She thinks i
2: cool.
0: And... We have returned. Uh, That, for those of you who didn't, uh, who are unfamiliar unaware and haven't stopped touching the buttons.
1: What? (laughs) Stop it. No.
0: She keeps thinking that her mic is off. She keeps turning the button on because she's paranoid about her mic being off and everyone missing her uh, amazing sounds like... uh,
1: uh, That's a really good Perry the Platypus was
0: That was a really good Perry the Platypus. That's the best one you've ever done. And... I don't think you could ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you I sound
2: Popeye.
0: <laughs> I sound like Popeye. <laughs> well, blow me down. <laughs> um, but no, we. Uh,
1: Bury the platypus. What are you doing here?
0: That was uh, from season two, episode what, like thirty five? Brain, Brain drain.
1: Brain drain. That is my favorite episode.
0: Uh, it's great. Oh, hi, Vanessa. Because like his song is literally about what just happened, like well, he fell honest. down I the. I don't
1: really understand, but I fell down this he, hill. Now I got glue on my hands. Like I got got records on my fingers.
0: It wasn't a hill. They were at a a dump. He fell down the the hill.
1: I'm pointing to you. I Go know you're pointing me to me.
0: I'm no. Say what? No. What?
1: Records on my fingers. I got records on my fingers, and uh, I just can't you're stop. You're killing people. Pointing at you.
0: Your turn, buddy. I'm not singing it. They just heard the song. We're trying to do our episode here, lady.
1: I like this song. This is this is my I, favorite episode. Know, this is one of my favorite things.
0: But uh, he literally, he just got into a fight with Perry. And uh, because he had the brain controlinator or something.
1: Right. So he had invented this brain controlinator uh, helmet and applied it to Perry the platypus.
0: He was using it to make him slap himself and uh, eat he gum off the sidewalk. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself.
1: Um, And then what what happened was, well, exactly what the song (laughs) said. Well,
0: the reason, it was a particularly uh, violent confrontation between the two of them because uh, Phineas and Ferb and, uh, what the hell's her name? The girl, Daphne, Louise. Isabel. Isabel.
1: What you doing?
0: uh, They were all homesick. Baljeet and, uh, what's the name? Gruffy. Buford? Yeah, Gruffy. Uh, They were all home and they were playing like some uh, fighting game where they all played as themselves and there was like this weird power surge and (laughs) somehow. The
1: Angry Pharmacist! (laughs) Yes.
0: They somehow got control through their video game controllers. They each controlled an arm, a leg, a head, you know, uh, of Perry the Platypus, and so they thought, like, oh, this must be the boss level, because like I said earlier, like, Mm -hmm. some crazy shit would happen, and they would be like, oh, well, this must just be part of what we were doing, because crazy shit happens to us all the time, and... You know, Buford sees Doofenshmirtz. He's like, oh, we're going to, like, we're going to, you know, fight this angry pharmacist because they see him with a lab coat and they don't know who he is. And so Perry is, like, really kicking the crap out of him because he doesn't do that. Like, that's not the dynamic that the two of them have. Like, he will always foil Doofenshmirtz's plans.
1: For the most part, unless it works out and somebody else's favor
0: but he also like saves him occasionally like the one we watched last night it was like curse and thank you perry the platypus
1: so this show was created by jeff swampy marsh and dan povenmeyer who both wrote and created Rocco's modern life so when they did Rocco's Martin life they always had two things in episodes that they worked on either a, a song or a musical number and an action chase scene and when they were creating Phineas and ferb they wanted to bring those two aspects into this show and they do it in such a way that it works and with the creation of the perry the platypus dr doofenshmirtz characters they were able to i mean sometimes you know that's two and one yeah you know they sometimes get the musical number and the chase scene uh or action scene or, or what have you uh with the both of them but that is why originally why they were introduced was to be able to kind of have this like side adventure along with the main adventure. And, and what's crazy is these episodes are only 15 minutes long for the most part. So you have all of this stuff happening and it's only 15 minutes and Not they're even, still able to like 11. Yeah. Right. Because there's commercial. Cause it's a 22 minute episode. Right. So, you know, to be able to tell a complete narrative in that amount of time is is just crazy. But anyways, you know, so that's one of the reasons why they decided to create this character and his nemesis, Perry the Platypus. Platypus? plur the Platypus! Oh my
0: god! the Platypus!
1: Anyway! That's where
0: a platypus keeps his uh- wallet and his keys in a platypus.
1: Platypus! Where does a platypus? A platypus. a platypus keep his wallet and keys in its platypus
0: Oh, But
1: i ching.
0: I'll be here all week.
1: I'll be here forever. Yeah. Tip your waiter.
0: Try the veal. Oh, the cat just came out from underneath the chair for some reason. Hello. What are you doing, you weirdo? Anyways.
1: Zombie the kitty, what are you doing here?
0: Yeah, right? So, he, they have this crazy dynamic where Perry has all these weird, like, James Bond-esque... Um,
1: Right, because like, he's a secret agent, and every day he goes into his. You know, uh, there's there's multiple like a tree. There's a like chimney. secret entrances yeah, into his secret hideout all
0: over the place and, and all over the world. Like even if they're on vacation, yeah. there happens to be something right there. Like oh, let me push very this. convenient. Let me really. push this brick out of the way, and then like the floorboards open up, and there's a slide, and it brings him down into like a bat cave type thing, and he sees. Uh, major monogram who gives him his assignment, and it's always something weird, like, oh, Doofenshmirtz is buying up all the tinfoil in the Tri-City area. Like, it starts at Tri-City, then Tri-State, and eventually ends up as, like, the Tri-County area. Like, they keep changing it, like, over the seasons.
1: Well, because he, Doofenshmirtz thinks bigger.
0: Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Um, but it, it changes every time, and he doesn't recognize Perry as Perry the Platypus unless he's wearing his secret agent doobie hat. Doobie doobie like there's a scene where he sees agent he's like Perry is posing as a plumber oh. and Perry takes his plumber hat off and puts on his his secret agent hat and he's like oh, Perry the plumbing platypus and then he takes off the tool belt and then he recognizes him as Perry the Platypus like it's really fu- it's like a it's a funny running joke and it's good for like the younger audiences but like it's delivered in such a way that like he genuinely Platypus, what are you
1: doing here he it's like genuinely a genuine surprise. surprised yes. every
0: time it's like oh look at you you're a platypus and
1: that's part of like the whole formula to these shows yeah. you know that certain characters are going to say certain things at certain times but you don't know exactly what's going to prompt them to say these these things like, or you know the the situation that they're going to be in when these lines are delivered
0: hey where's perry like there's phineas always says that hey where's perry and then we you know jump to because it's perry, phineas and ferb sitting around Agent figure, P. yeah phineas and ferb sitting around like trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know, the mom's like, all right, Candace, I'm going to place X. You're in charge. And then the boy is like, Ferb, I know what we're going to do today. And then you see Isabel's like, what you doing? It and then is. they're like, hey, we're about to do this. Hey, where's Perry? And then you see Perry doing his, like, secret agent Batman thing. And then it cuts to, you know, Doofenshmirtz and then it goes back and forth to what the boys are doing, which always ends up overlapping with what, Perry and Doofenshmirtz are doing because, right, because every episode what has
1: the, the the attempted foiling of Doofenshmirtz plans by Perry the Platypus ultimately uh undoes or Undoos? cleans. I said undoes. 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 <laughs> that's the word. It (laughs) undoes. It undoes every time. Yeah, every time
0: Candace is about to bust them, the
1: situation. Right before Candace, the older sister, is about to bust her brothers for all of the shenanigans happening in the backyard. Show her mom
0: what happens. Like, look, there's a you know fucking elevator to the moon, and there's your car on the top of it, and they retrofitted it with rockets so it can fly to space. And it's like, I don't see any of that. It's just the yard. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, it happens every single time, but it's always funny. You know, and they do. It's kind of like Charlie Brown kicking the football. Occasionally, they are caught, and occasionally there is evidence, but it's always like it seems like two completely off-the-wall, bonkers plans that always end up meshing together somehow.
1: Right, so getting into a little bit of this character. So, fun fact, the original name for Doofenshmirtz was Dr. Metal Schmurfs. Schmurfs. Metal Schmurfs. Like, like he was always meddling in something. Uh, And eventually, the name was changed to Doofenshmirtz, probably because it's a little bit easier to say than Metal Schmurfs. I think it's
0: easier either way, but I think it lends to the comedic ineptitude of Heinz Doofenshmirtz. However, you know, we said at the beginning that this was you know, there wasn't really anything for, you know, the kids I mean, for the adults, it was all kid stuff We generally like, when Heinz Doofenshmirtz has Perry, because he always catches him at the beginning of every single encounter that they have, he's like, oh you know, why don't you sit Sometimes there? Sometimes
1: Perry the Platypus inadvertently walks into the inator for the day. Or
0: a, whatever trap. Like, hey, have a seat right there. Oh, now you're, you know, covered in, you know, Yeah,
1: yeah. Now you're, you're you're in my trap. Let this. me show you this inator that I just made. And
0: let me explain my entire plan to you. And when he explains the plan, there's always a reason why he is building this particular device. And a lot of times he'll flash back and talk about a story that happened to him as a kid. And it's fucking tragic. So, Heinz
1: Doofenshmirtz does not have the happiest backstory. So, he has a brother, and his parents uh, liked his brother Roger more than him. Mm -hmm. And he so really didn't get a lot of love there and he didn't have a lot of friends growing
0: up and he tried um, to impress his dad and his dad kept calling him a schnitzel so like it was that was th- their way you know like they're kind of like you know softening it for the kids like the episode we watched yesterday where he wanted to go off the high dive but he couldn't go off the high dive because he was afraid and everyone made fun of him because of it and he said my dad and I weren't really close after that but then like they made it like physically he's like walk further behind me like don't I don't want to be seen in public with you move further away like it's tragic like you know if you're a kid you're watching this and you're focusing on the fact that his dad is wearing like a uh you know Vikings didn't wear the horns with the helmets with horns but it's supposed to be like a viking helmet but like one side is like a cow horn and the other side is like deer antlers like it's mismatched you know it's like oh look it's kind of funny it's goofy you know it's wacky but like that's to distract you from, like, the emotional, like, bombardment that, like, six-year-old Heinz Doofenshmirtz is taking. It's awful how And, he well, and that's treated. something that
1: kind of follows him into adult life. All of these, like, uh, I'll say failed relationships, for lack of a better word. That's the reason why he, like, he has an ex-wife yep. who, you know, doesn't know that he's an evil scientist. His daughter knows that he's an evil scientist.
0: And his, you know, which is why, like, it's that fun dynamic between Vanessa and Candace. And Candace, because they're always trying to prove to their mothers, like, what's going on. So I think, I think Doofenshmirtz is Phineas's dad. That's what I think.
1: Well, uh, they probably hooked up at a
0: drunken cooking class one night.
1: There's, uh, yes. So I, I. in order to go into that we have to go into like the parents backstory. But we'll talk about that. And in everything another and like Linda Flynn Fletcher used to be a pop star. Yep. Linda Lindette. Lynn Linda Lindette. No, you're
0: thinking that's that's uh No it's Jean not. and Gene and Lindette.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Lindette and Joe <Jo-Gene>. Jean. <laughs> lots of lots of Linda's. Yes. a lot of Linda's but but anyway she used to be this pop star it's it's a whole thing it's it's too much to get into right now so we're just not going yeah, to, she was but a one anyways, hit wonder. you know so you get these little glimpses these little little bits of backstory from Doofenshmirtz, and you realize oh like there's a reason why he is the way that he he is he's trying to a make everyone else miserable around him because misery enjoys company. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because that's all he knows is is being miserable. But, you know, it's... Uh, Perry the Platypus, it's almost like he looks forward. He's, he's almost like his driving force is having Perry the Platypus, Agent P, sent to him to foil his plan because then he'll have company.
0: It's the only constant... Uh, relationship that he has it's the only constant in his life and and and
1: and, you know perry the platypus there are several chances where dr doofenshmirtz can be completely obliterated by this little teal platypus and he's not like perry the platypus takes i don't know why i keep calling him perry the platypus just say perry but i feel like i need to say perry the platypus perry the platypus um there are times when he could be cruel and he could be mean, but it's almost like he sees through this facade that Doofenshmirtz is putting up and sees that this is almost a cry for help.
0: See, I don't see, I look at it like Doofenshmirtz isn't evil, but he doesn't know any other way of getting attention. And Perry understands that this guy is, for the most part, harmless and he's going to sabotage himself in one way or another because how often is there uh you know they're doing something and his machine works perfectly and like say it turns everybody into fucking you know lima beans or whatever there's always a reverse button or a switch to turn it into reverse and undo or everything like, that he uh, did. Yeah, or
1: like the cord just isn't quite long enough and it becomes unplugged. Or, or he'll
0: zap himself and like now, you know...
1: Right, well, because he, like he's, he's portrayed like he thinks he's this evil scientific genius, but in fact he's...
0: He is a scientific kind, genius.
1: Well, he is, but he's also like kind of an incompetent schemer.
0: He reminds me, and this is going to be a weird comparison, but stick with me here for a second. He reminds me a lot of Thanos, uh, especially from the comics, where Thanos is the type of guy who will go to great lengths in order to make a plan work, and he will do everything that he can, but he has this subconscious desire that he is not Good enough. He is not worthy to be, you know, on the receiving end of whatever plan. So his plans always fail. And I think Heinz Doofenshmirtz is a uh, a lot like that because he's not really evil. He doesn't want uh, to lose. I mean, he doesn't want to succeed. He just wants someone to, you know, give him some sort of positive reinforcement and. You know the the clip we played right before this. You know that that song. Perry has the chance to walk away. You know after Doofenshmirtz rolls down the hill, rolls down the the garbage pile into like an open open fifty five gallon drum of glue, but only gets it on his hands and gets the record stuck on his hands and starts scratching the records at the DJ stand at his daughter's party. And Perry's controlling him and making him. Uh, seem cool, like he has like. She this thinks th- I'm cool. Yeah, like you you hear that? <laughs> Halfway through, Perry leaves him and just kind of looks over at him and gives him a thumbs up, like, hey,
1: hey, there's no platypus controlling me.
0: Yeah, like he has the opportunity multiple times to, you know. For he could kill Doofenshmirtz or allow Doofenshmirtz to die, but he or, never. Or he
1: could allow Doofenshmirtz to, you know, co- make a complete fool out of himself, he, and he prevents him from doing that.
0: Right. He. Say, so it's like, like a bosom buddy. It was. It was like the uh, the episode we were talking about earlier, where he went to, you know, we learned about his failure to jump off the high dive in his in his uh, childhood. So he went to the local pool. And he had made a look-away-inator, which makes everyone look away so he could try and do the high dive without everyone watching him so he wouldn't be so nervous. But as a result, he was able to do it. He fell off the high dive, but he went off the high dive and he fell into the pool, only to realize that he doesn't know how to swim because he never went off the high dive at the in the pool where he was uh, uh, when he lived as a, as a kid. And so... Perry, who he had trapped with a bunch of life preservers, leaps to his rescue Mm -hmm. and saves him.
1: Well, I mean, this is a... um...
0: And he says, you know, every time he loses, he's like, curse you, Perry the platypus. But in this case, he said, curse you, and thank you, Perry the platypus.
1: So they kind of give each other purpose, like meaning.
0: Yeah, because there's an episode where Perry gets reassigned and there's a new Agent P who is a panda. Peter the
1: panda. And, and Perry is devastated. And it's so
0: awkward. Like, he walks in. Oh, Perry
1: the platypus, what are you doing here?
0: He walks in on, like, the two of them.
1: Peter like, the panda and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. It's almost
0: like a, 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 a spouse walking in as, like, he's they're like, oh, getting hey, plowed by the garden. He gardener. means
1: nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, he literally says that. And,
0: <laughs> like, he's like, I wasn't even going to try to kill him. Like, you know, there was, like, this whole thing where it's, like, they have this dynamic, and it's so well done.
1: It's a, it's a friendship that has been formed in a weird way, but it works for the both of them because, A, one is, you know, from a really dysfunctional family background looking for... Love and acceptance, and the other is a platypus.
0: Yes, the other is an egg-laying mammal, which is weird. It's like, okay, let me put this duck bill on a beaver, and it'll lay eggs. Also, uh, it has venom. So, what? Yeah, uh, uh, on their back feet, they have spines that inject venom. So, like platypi are like the weirdest animals because they have they they don't. They're like a Venn diagram. They're, like, they're reptiles, but they're mammals, but they're also, like, Adorable. Fowl, fowls. <laughs> um, because they're like, you know, they have the duck bill and they're amphibious. Like, it's so weird. But this
1: relationship goes both ways, too, because there are times when Doofenshmirtz will set everything up and just wait. Yeah. Like, he he wants to be caught. And I think it also kind of keeps him on his toes, too, because he's thinking of, what what's my next invention? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what am I going to do next? How can I get Perry the platypus' attention we've, we've next? even
0: seen, like, one of the episodes we watched the other day when the kids, they were trying to make a teleporter, but it just swapped Candace and uh, the minds of Candace and Perry. So Perry shows up. Because he no 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 that was a different one. He had to get the uh, the disc or whatever, and he had to. Um, he shows up at Doofenshmirtz's house late at night, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Like, I was sleeping. Oh, you just want to borrow my robot? Yeah, that's fine. Just bring him back. I'm going back to bed." Like Norm. <laughs> norm. Hi, I'm Norm. Like he uh, in the, and in the Excalibur, he put a uh, little pointy hat on him and called him a lawn norm. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to make lots of little ones. Call them a lawn norm. Like, I, I thought that was funny. Um, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, you borrow my stuff for whatever you're doing. Like, you're not, I know you're not here to bust me because I'm just, like, it's late. I'm trying to get some rest so I can come up with my next evil scheme so that we can have our confrontation tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like Pinky and the Brain. What are you going to do tomorrow, Brain? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Like... Every single day is You're the same pink, you thing. Your pinky some work. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to do a Rob Paulson. Rosebud frozen peas. Um,
1: you can really taste the penis.
0: Full of country goodness and green penis. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not reading this. Maybe a handful for the road. Got to admit, my, my Maurice LaMarche is getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. I didn't Eh. say it was there yet, but it's getting there. Eh. Maurice, call me. Give me some private lessons. Maurice is a good guy. Anywho, uh, back to Doofenshmirtz.
1: Doofenshmirtz, evil incorporated.
0: Uh, That was an okay, but... Doofenshmirtz, evil incorporated.
1: I I wasn't trying. I was just saying it and stuff. I wasn't Mm. even trying (laughs) to be... Uh, Dan Povemeyer who does the Vice of D t- for short. It's, so so it's called the
0: the Danny wow. uh, Anyways, um, yeah, back to these guys. They, They have this, and it's funny because we talked earlier off air, we're like, all right, we're just going to talk about doofenshmirtz. We're not going to talk about Perry. Well, I
1: mean, it's so it's, so it's kind of like to. trading places. You can't talk about Billy Ray Valentine and Lewis Winthrop You can't III talk about
0: Batman without bringing without up the Joker. bringing
1: up Ophelia. Like you, you can't because you know it. it, it one kind of leads itself, weaves itself into the other. Um,
0: With these guys, they 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 form a dramaturgical dyad, and you know to upset that balance uh, would be counterproductive.
1: What the hell was that?
0: People know what I'm talking about. Dramaturgical dyad. Yeah.
1: Do you need to go to the bathroom? (laughs) Is that what that is? That is not what that
0: means. (laughs) Uh, That would be a dramaturgical diarrheal.
1: But anyways, and I think what kind of lends to Doofenshmirtz just... He looks like an evil scientist
0: he does he's got like he's got like that the, 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 the big nose the... the
1: disheveled hair he obviously wears the lab coat which is why the kids the one in interaction the kid not really interaction but um let will say interaction because they they do through the video game interact with him they call him the uh angry pharmacist the angry pharmacist yes um He's a little older. He's probably in his, I believe, at one point in the series, he's forty six or forty seven. Um, with some of the uh, interdimensional stuff, and they do kind of jump a little bit in time.
0: Yeah, they do. At one point, yeah, here and there, like there's um, to to facilitate the plot.
1: He's he's in his late forties, early fifties. He has big eyes and big teeth and he's about six two but he hunches over he's
0: got the hunchback yeah
1: so he looks he looks smaller than he actually is and he could present himself as being bigger but he chooses not to
0: yeah i think um what i like about his character he's really gangly too like yeah he's he's got i was gonna say he's got like the long dangly arms and like he's got that long
1: fingers and kind of big feet
0: yeah he's he's got weird proportions
1: which is kind of really like fits the character
0: but it's not scary proportions like he's long and gangly like you said but he's not not, frightening
1: you know so again one of the things i really enjoy about cartoons is the way that they draw the people and and the proportions and stuff but in this show um i mean granted for phineas and ferb look a little off Phineas has a triangle-shaped head and Ferb is a rectangle.
0: Well, they're shaped like a P and an F.
1: But the rest of the characters, you know, don't really have any, like, super weird, like, features, like, to them. Proportions to them.
0: Well, I mean, uh, Isabel has kind of, like, a weird head. Like, her head is shaped like a U, where it's, like, flat on the top and then round. Um... Is
1: it because she's always saying "What you doing"?
0: No, uh, Candace is normal shaped, but yeah, Phineas and Ferb like Phineas's head. He is absolutely a triangle, but if you look at the like opening credits and like the logo for the show, that's because it's you know it's a P, and Ferb the way his hair goes and the way his nose comes out, um, he is an F which is kind of, like, it's very clever, and I, I like the way that they designed that. Um, what we haven't talked talking about weird shapes, Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated is shaped like a giant wrench or maybe like a sewing machine?
1: No, I think it's supposed to be like a wrench.
0: But it has, like, that weird, like, one little bit that comes down onto that weird platform. It's like the
1: Doofenshmirtz version of Stark Tower.
0: Yes, because it does have like that dome that like Iris is open and closed at the top, so he can like, you know, shoot lasers at the sun and shit like that. And
1: but throughout the series, you know, he it, it's this dynamic of you know, kind of like Tom and Jerry, cat and mouse. I'm doing something evil, and Perry the Platypus is gonna come. Foil my plan, and all of this is gonna happen. But eventually, Doofenshmirtz gives up the life of being a mad evil scientist.
0: Yeah, I mean, and
1: he kind of retires with Perry the Platypus. They, they're they're friends. They've become friends, you know, throughout all of this, and they're like playing checkers, or I think it's checkers,
0: maybe backgammon
1: together, and. It's Doofenshmirtz, and it's Perry the Platypus, and it is um, Major Monogram. Carl. And Carl, and, like, they're all, like, friends. or are all companions.
0: Yeah, and it's... <sighs> the thing is, if they wanted to, they're just like, yeah, just go stop him. Like, he's not really dangerous because they know where he is. Like, his building... <laughs> like we said, is shaped like a giant goddamn wrench and says Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated in giant fucking letters on the side of it. They know where he is. They know where he lives. They they watch every move he makes. So if he was a true threat, they would, you know, just send in like SEAL Team 6, which would probably literally be six SEALs, and, uh, you know, just arrest him and take him out, you know, and... That would be that. But I think the real reason that they leave him up there is because his plans, they're grooming Phineas and Ferb to be agents someday.
1: Oh, you think that's that's I, the end game?
0: Like, if they can watch what's-his-name this much, and we already know that Ferb has a, has a thing for Vanessa because we see them interact a couple times, and Ferb, who doesn't speak much, uh, he's kind of like the silent bob of the two of them uh but when he does speak it's very insightful he was unable to speak looking at Vanessa although we don't know how old they are but it could be like a padme anakin thing i think she's a couple years older than him she's 16 and he's she's twice his height like the ki- i think the kids are like 10 12 maybe like maybe you know maybe 12 like where they can Appreciate an interest in girls, you know, and Ferb is definitely much more uh, mature than his counterparts. You know, like when we saw in the video game scene where Baljeet ends up beating him because Ferb is like a super video game champion. And he's like, oh, no, no, I would never let you win. But we see like a drinking bird playing his uh, controller for him because, you know. That's he's just that mature. Like he carries himself a lot differently than Phineas does, and I think they're kind of grooming them because they're the competent heroes that you know they'll need eventually. Because where's where is Perry located? Right in their room, he sleeps on their bed. Like, and
1: sometimes with Candace, that pisses her off.
0: Yes, she doesn't like platypi, but. You know, so there's that weird dynamic, which again makes me think that Doof is Phineas's dad. Like they've got the weird features, the the amazing technical know how, and yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's. I mean, obviously, Doof and Schmertz fucks. Like that's just that's just how it is.
1: Why would you say that?
0: Because he does. He's got a daughter. Like why
1: would you? You know, stop it.
0: I'm just saying, you know, that's that's what he uh, that's what he does. Like he's.
1: But you don't know that.
0: He has at least one child, so yeah.
1: But it, you, you just you just don't know that.
0: We do. We know Vanessa is his daughter. Well,
1: yeah, we know it's a daughter, but we don't know how she happened.
0: I'll I'll send you a pamphlet.
1: No, that's not no. <laughs> stop it.
0: <laughs> But no, like I really, I, I never really watched the show until like we started dating, and then like I was like, okay, this is kind of fun, and you know we've watched. We would, I, I would pull this show up over and over just to watch the Excalibur episode because it's so goddamn good. Um, and then you're like, let's just watch the whole show. So we started watching it, and then when the Hobbits thing fell through last weekend, I was like, let's let's talk about. Somebody from let's Phineas and Ferb. Let's let's just cover that. And you're like, let's do Doofenshmirtz.
1: Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. Because as
0: you know on the show, we are equal uh equal character uh talker abouters inators. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he's he's an interesting character and he's got this great. Well, I mean, we haven't.
1: He has a lot of he has a lot of character. Yeah, like a lot of character, and we learn little tidbits about him pretty much in every single episode, and we could probably, in all honesty, talk a about series of this. you know uh, a couple of episodes at least on just Doofenshmirtz because you know he he dislikes pelicans and, and musical instruments that start with the letter B, you know, and, and unicorns and,
0: and, and girls. girls and scorpions,
1: scorpies, squidicone girls, or whatever the hell he calls her. Um, you know, and there's a... With this character, like so many other characters, there's kind of... He's like a Transformer. There's more than meets the eye. You know, you have the... What you are given, and then through watching, you know, each and every episode, you see, okay, there's a little more to this character than what you are initially shown.
0: And you can, you can definitely tell that these guys grew up watching some of these other shows where there is, like, a central antagonist that you never know more, like, like he's, Dr. He's Claw. good at
1: making Peach Cobbler.
0: Yeah, like, you, so, like, you know, you see somebody like Dr. Claw or, you know, one of these other, Gargamel from the Smurfs, you know, these, you know, one-dimensional, but it's like, what's your motivation? I want to eat the He doesn't like rice pudding. right. But his motivation is like, I just want to eat the Smurfs, or uh, you know, I have to get Inspector Gadget. But you never find out why. You don't know what he their reasoning is. He has a pair is. of
1: Peter the Panda slippers. Yeah, you know,
0: I'm trying to make a point here. Uh, there's so much, you find out so much more about Heinz Doofenshmirtz because they're more invested. Like, he's a more interesting character, more fleshed out character. And, you know, you only get like these little bits, like you're saying. Like, he's got like these these random idiosyncrasies about him. And I think it—that's a testament to the guys creating the show.
1: You know who this is? It is Fix It Felix and Wreck It Ralph.
0: Yeah, the that's dynamic. A, that's a good. That's a good uh, uh, comparison. Like they're rivals, but they're not really rivals. Like they both have their jobs to do, and but there's so much more behind them. Like they have real dreams and goals and aspirations, and you know. But uh, poor Heinz is emotionally stunted. He doesn't know how to properly express himself because he was never given proper encouragement as a child. So he latches on to these, you know, anybody that will give him any attention, you know, because of the skill set that he has, you know, his ability to create and invent was prized by these weird, like other evil scientist types. And so he would go out of his way to try to impress them as much as he could. And we see several episodes about this, but he's never able to completely impress them because he's not truly evil. So he's still stuck in that same repetitive loop. And like, that's such an interesting character trait because there are characters that have been around for 50 years that aren't that interesting. And they don't have that much of a backstory. That's so complex um you know, and for a kid's show like this is some really in depth shit that you know, we get to see from these characters.
1: He can also speak whale.
0: He can speak whale, just like uh what's his name? But he's afraid of whales. Whales scare him.
1: Well that's because his ex girlfriend, not to be confused with his ex wife, but a former girlfriend, was obsessed with whales, so he became obsessed with whales. And then it didn't work out.
0: And now he doesn't like whales. And now
1: he doesn't like whales.
0: And we find that out But he knows a
1: lot about them.
0: Yes, we find that out in the Excalifur episode, that he has a phobia of whales, and all his various phobias that he has. And that's when he battles Parable the platypus, and he has a magical staff that works much better when you put batteries in it. Which I... You know, I'm glad you, you decided that we should cover this guy. Because, like, You're Phineas welcome. and Ferb are fun.
1: And we'll cover them at some point. Yeah.
0: But, you know, sometimes it's the secondary characters that don't get as much uh, recognition or attention. And they really should. Because they are as vital a part of the story. You know, like, without Doofenshmirtz, the series is one episode long. Because the kids get busted the very first time they do something. Because without Perry cleaning up the mess while simultaneously foiling his his adversary, you know the whole the whole thing f- just falls apart and I think this is a really well done show. I think it's written well uh it's got a lot of great colorful characters, there's definitely family resemblances on both sides um, you know which is a a a trope of cartoons, you know like you know, if you look at the Simpsons, all the Simpson men kind of look like Homer. Mhm. Um, you know, and you know, like if you look at Ferb, his dad and his grandfather, they all look the same. Like it's it's pretty great. Like I I'm glad you introduced me to the show and I highly recommend it to anybody. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It's so much fun. The theme song is done by Bowling for Soup, and we saw them do it live at Warped Tour. No, you
1: didn't see them do it live at Warped Tour. Oh, no, you did.
0: I know, I thought... Stop
1: (laughs) remembering my memories.
0: No, No, when we got married, they became our memories.
1: I saw them (laughs) at Warped Tour.
0: We saw them at Warped Tour after we got married.
1: And so it's funny that you bring up the theme song, because this theme song is probably one of the better theme songs for shows, especially kids' shows out there. Like, there aren't a lot of show openings that I look forward to the opening. You know, if I'm watching it on Netflix, I don't hit skip. I watch kind of like Game of Thrones. I watch the opening every fucking time because I love it so much. Yeah. I love this. So, like, we'll be binge watching Phineas and Ferb, and every single time we listen to this song. But I did. I saw, uh, I was walking by Bowling for Soup's set. At Warped, I was going from one set to another. If you've been to Warped Tour, you know exactly how crazy and chaotic and amazing it is. Or just say it was. Um, and they were like, okay, guys, this is our last song. Have you heard of the show called Phineas and Ferb? We play the theme song. Here we go. And they did the theme song. So I stopped what I was doing. I was supposed You called to be- me. Uh, yes. Yes. I, that, that's where the memory comes from. I called you. You weren't there. No, but I heard them do it. You were on the it. other side of the phone.
0: But I heard them They're do like, it at Warp Tour.
1: There's days of summer vacation. And school comes along, just end it. And it's like a legit song. So, you know, they have the, the part that they play for the opening, but there's like more to it. And it was just a lot of fun. And like all of these, even like... <laughs> So with warp tour, it's a multi-age, multi-generational thing. But what's funny is sometimes you know parents will go with their ch- their their kids. You know, like sometimes parents are like, "Hey, I was at warp tour in like '95," so you know
0: yeah now i'm bringing (laughs) now i'm bringing my kid you
1: know to warp tour and stuff um but you could see like all of the kids in the pit were like yeah phineas and ferb and like all the parents on the side were like yeah phineas and ferb and it was just really funny and i too was like yeah phineas and ferb so it was just uh, like the the whole set like the the stage area just kind of erupted when they played the phineas and ferb song which was just hilarious
0: well it's funny you know we've been talking about this the whole time and um you know i keep playing clips off of youtube and looking at the playlist that's next to the uh that's next to this one of the videos that comes up is from a channel that i follow on youtube called the film theorists and it's Uh, It's called Phineas and Ferb's Secret Hero. And I'm guessing because... It's about Doofenshmirtz? I mean, he's in the thumbnail with Perry. So, uh, you know, I would venture that they kind of went on the same tangent that we did. Um, But yeah, if you have seen the show, like, let us know what some of your favorite Doofenshmirtz moments are you know like i'm a huge fan of excalibur you're a huge fan of brain drain like those are our favorite doofenshmirtz moments like when he turns around he's he's confessing to what all his fears are and he turns around and sees candace who is an amalgamation of all of them and he's like well uh what do you know uh squid, Squidda scorpion octopus girl or whatever he says "It's like you know it doesn't have a cumulative effect <laughs> It's really more ridiculous than anything else. Um, But, yeah, if you've seen it, let us know what some of your favorites are. Uh, If you haven't seen it, watch it, and then let us know what some of your favorites are. So, do you have any uh, final thoughts on uh, Heinz Dufenschmerz? Curse you, Perry
1: the Platypus!
0: That's pretty good. (coughs) So, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to get to some uh, interesting battle results. And... uh, Curse you,
2: Facebook.
0: The platypus. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorking Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday.
2: Pity the Perry the Platypus! A banjo playing Platypus? Perry the Banjo playing Platypus! Dr. Wexler, you're a Platypus! Perry the Platypus! Hey, what was all that about? Perry! Perry the Platypus! Hmm? (gasps) Perry the Platypus! Wait, who are you? A Platypus? PERRY THE Platypus? What? what kind of a plumber are you? A platypus plumber? PERRY THE PLATYPUS PLUMBER? PERRY, Perry THE PLA- What is this, some kind of Latin gorilla cha-cha-gram? Hola! Ay caramba, PERRY THE CHA-CHA-GRAM! And what are you supposed to be, a kid in a sheet? Platypus in a sheet. Perry the platypus in a sheet. A teenage girl. Perry the teenage girl. The mysterious platypus from the casino. Perry the mysterious platypus from the casino.
0: A platypus
2: balloon. A Perry the platypus
0: balloon. And we're back. That obviously was a, a collection of clips of is not
1: recognizing Perry.
0: Yeah, and so like you know when we mentioned it earlier, it's like oh, I didn't recognize you without your hat on. You know, kind of like C three P O. You might not recognize me because of the red arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, like it, th- check this show out. You will uh, you will be happy and you will enjoy it. It's so much fun. Um. Yeah, I, I recommend it a lot. The voice talent alone makes it worth watching, and the animation style is a lot of fun. The uh, there's a lot of wordplay and puns, and and you know, obviously, I'm a everything fan of that. you hate so yeah. much. Platypi um, Perry so, the platypurse. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we had an issue with Facebook. And it wasn't just this week, apparently, because we went back and tried to figure out what was going on, and the last battle had the same issue today, not yesterday.
1: Yeah. So it's really weird. Uh, so Facebook is is eliminating poll options and being stupid, and curse you, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, um, we're gonna go with the Twitter results, seeing as the Facebook results for our battle were
0: inconclusive. Although I think what they might have done, because who won the, who won the, uh,
1: Red and Stimpy won the Nicktoons, and I
0: think that's what was on the. Uh, I think they eliminated all but the top answer.
1: But, but still, they didn't give people the opportunity to vote.
0: Right, which is fucking weird. It's like they only give you a certain so amount of votes. To
1: anyways, t- we're going to disregard Facebook's results or lack thereof because Facebook's being stupid and maybe it's Zuckerberg lashing out because the government wants him to break up his monopolies.
0: I like monopoly. Only when I can rob the bank.
1: Cannot rob the bank. That's cheating. I don't
0: know what you're talking about.
1: So anyways, last week we threw down survival of the spinoff, which SNL spinoff, out spinoffs, all of the other spinoffs. And you could choose from the Blues Brothers, who mm-hmm. we spoke about last week, Coneheads, Wayne's World, or A Night at the Roxbury. And on Twitter, Wayne's World, was number one
0: i'm not surprised wayne's world is uh what i voted for i know you said you voted for night at the roxbury did um i think for me wayne's world gets it because of it's so quotable
1: well i mean like this was this was difficult this is one of those battles where it's like i could opt to not participate because i am the one throwing down the gauntlet but um yeah, it was it was really difficult. I went with a night at the Roxbury because that was around the time that, uh, like, that was the generation of SNL when I was watching it.
0: it kind of reminds me of the uh, when Sarah Michelle Geller hosted. She's like, "Oh, I remember watching it back in the day." You know, you know, I'm an old school fan. You know, because I used to watch it when like. You know Adam Sandler and and
1: yeah you know, like, yeah <laughs> and like, Chris
0: Farley were on. Oh, those are the good old days. You know.
1: Right? Yeah. So I I just and plus that movie's so great and I love the the the, the Roxbury bit on SNL. Plus like, that song
0: and, had a way of getting stuck in your head.
1: Love, baby don't me, don't mm. me. no more.
0: Um, yeah i i had to go with wayne's world just because it's the only one that got a sequel i loved coneheads i must have watched that 400 times as a kid um dan Aykroyd singing uh tainted love while narfling the Garthok is uh pretty awesome um adam sandler's cameo is pretty good john lovitz's cameo is pretty good um I really liked Michael McKeon's character. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's
1: the thing about some of these SNL-driven films is that you don't know who you're going to see. Obviously, a lot of SNL alum, you know, they cast them because it's like, hey, let me just open up my role. You know, let me just scroll through my Rolodex and see who Your I role-io. can call. <laughs> what?
0: You're gonna say scroll through my Rolodex? And you're like, yeah, let me open up my rolio and. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we word good on this show.
1: I'm super intelligent. Platypus. <laughs> Platypus. Look it up. It's a thing.
0: Um, I mean, Wayne's World obviously had a ton of SNL people. Um, I mean, if you're going pure comedy, like the funniest movie, absolutely Blues Brothers. Like the other movies, cannot hold a candle to it. You know, because when the '90s came out, there was all like, it was. Uh, And Wayne's World made fun of it. The gratuitous sex scenes, um, you know, like they even had that flash across the bottom when he's like hooking up with uh, Samantha. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony?
1: The product placement.
0: Oh, Nupron. Little. Yellow. Different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like it was just it's just it's really it was a difficult choice.
0: Rob Lowe as a villain is I excellent. I
1: feel like there's really no incorrect choice when it comes to some of these no, things. And um, again, these are
0: all these are your a, your personal preferences, you know, and again Unless that, your
1: opinion is wrong.
0: That age difference between you and I is what, you know, made me go Wayne's World and you go Night at the Roxbury because I haven't even seen that because it was at Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell Will Ferrell that,
1: Richard Greco is in it
0: That Yes Jim Carrey did one Stallone did one Helen Hunt And Jack Nicholson did one I hated that sketch You know I couldn't stand it It was so annoying It was the same thing it. Every goddamn time I couldn't Funny. Me him him he Me him him me Me him him No okay Like it was just the worst It was the worst I couldn't stand it Um so I had no interest in seeing the movie. Wayne's World. I loved Wayne's World because they did like six or seven different skits. You know, sometimes they do a top ten. Sometimes they would have like their imaginary guest on. Like when they had Aerosmith on and Tom Hanks was their roadie. Like that was amazing. Like that was like they had Tom Hanks because he was the roadie, and he's like, oh well, the guys are out in a van. Do you want me to go get them? Like. It wasn't like, oh, we have Aerosmith and and you know, we have Tom Hanks just happens to be there. It was they were interviewing Tom Hanks because he was the roadie for Aerosmith. And like Steven Tyler was upstairs banging Wayne's mom or something. Like it was it was nuts. Um so that's why I picked Wayne's World. Um Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe at some point we will cover night at the Roxbury because I know you like it, so we'll have to We'll have to cover it, and it'll be a first-time watch.
1: No, yes. Uh, so, and I was like, Emilio.
0: So next week, <laughs> we are going to be discussing the Hobbitses. Hopefully,
1: uh, if we don't, the plan get is to discuss Bilbo. Nor'easter. Yeah, we're going to s- discuss dildo baggins.
0: Yes, dildo baggins. <laughs> um,
1: That's even funnier. Played
0: by uh, Martin not Martin Short. Morgan Freeman.
1: Oh, Martin Freeman, right? Martin, not Short, Martin Short is a Short. totally
0: different guy. <laughs> um, you know, and we'll we'll go over some of the you know the lore and the history there, and it's it's some pretty You're interesting a wizard, stuff. you wizard, Harry. Kind of. There is a wizard in it. His name is. Uh, You're
1: a wizard, Bilbo.
0: Jerry, the wizard. Um. And then we're going to have, let's see, so that's next week is the 17th, and then the week after, we're going to be discussing various uh, incarnations of Santa from around the world.
1: Because it coordinates with a certain day.
0: Yes. Uh, The day before the Temple of the Jedi Order anniversary.
1: Yes. Yes. It's (laughs) marked on my calendar and has
0: (laughs) been for close to uh, a decade. Um... But yeah, that's what we're going to be doing the next couple of weeks. It's and been then, marked uh, on your
1: calendar for a decade. Yes. You need a new calendar.
0: No, I it, it's recurring on my Google calendar. Every year it pops up.
1: Oh, not yeah. like a real no, calendar. No, I don't
0: have a 2010 <laughs> calendar. Although when I cleaned out the studio, I did find a 2016 sealed calendar. It's like, well, I better hang on to this. You never know when it's going to be 2016 again. Um. So yeah, um, I think that's about it. And then we're obviously we're going to be doing our uh New Year's Rockin' Eve.
1: <laughs> that copyright that's taken um by who? It's yeah. <laughs> the first time I've ever guy. heard
0: of it. Some dick Ryan Dick something.
1: Clark
0: New Year's Rockin' Eve.
1: Do they still call it Dick Clark?
0: I, no, but, like, Dick Clark was the guy who did it for... Well,
1: I, I know that, but, like now it's not years. him anymore. Cause yeah, so he did. <laughs> that's a really nice way of putting it. Well, he is. So, anyways, join us live on...
0: December 31st.
1: <laughs> I forgot to <the> day. Thursday. <laughs> when <does> it check <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, oh, December 31st. New Year's, new Year's. This is just how this season is. Throwdown has been in going. Eve. <laughs> the d- New Year's
0: throwdown. And yeah,
1: we're going to throw down the New Year.
0: Yeah. Throw down 2020. We're going to talk about some of our favorite characters from stuff that we got to see this year. Yes. Uh, so we
1: will be giving our annual top five hundred list no not five hundred with, with not a bajillion with
0: honorable mentions honorable mentions about, about five hundred
1: honorable mention.
0: honorable <laughs> honorable <laughs> platypus oh good
1: so join us It's only 9.30
0: (laughs) at night. It's not like 2 in the morning.
1: I am stone cold sober too. This is so sad. Yeah, you were
0: drinking orange vanilla Coke and I have my Mountain Dew shark juice.
1: Oh my goodness. Anyways, oh, excuse me. I'm yawning. This is riveting radio. Join us for New Year's Eve. Throw down the new year with us. December 31st time TBA we're working that out but we'll have something posted on the social medias in the next couple of days TBA so stay but will TCB tune you down with OPP? yeah you know me Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha um. Incorporated We'll have some guests and some fun stuff. So send us your list, your top five characters of 2020. I know things have been a little weird this year. Things haven't been released in their usual formats. We haven't seen what we were supposed to see movies, books, TVs. This year. But, you know, we still were inundated with some pretty great stuff.
0: And it doesn't happen to just be stuff that came out this year, it can be stuff that you first experienced. This year, no, so it's stuff
1: that came out this year. No,
0: I, I have it, to disagree. because Not stuff, a lot of stuff came stuff, out this year. Well,
1: actually, a lot of stuff came out this not year. Not enough. It's it's characters from this year.
0: All right, so the five movies that came out this year. So it's Trolls, Tenet, uh, Underwater, and uh,
1: that Pete, Pete, Pete movie, the Pete guy, Pete, Pete from SNL, Pete. Peter Pete King of Staten
0: Island? Yeah. I have no interest in watching that because I think that guy's a doofus and he drives me nuts.
1: But he has a name. It's like Pete Pete something. Pete Davidson.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. No, I'm good.
1: The Adventures of Pete.
0: The Adventures of Pete and Repeat. And Pete left town. So with that being said, We'll see you next next Thursday.
2: Thursday. There's two people. I guess if you have a 14 year old girl. A lab coat, now red my bloody nose. When you visit, we come to blows. But first, I get caught up in prose. I'm too. Tractors work here through the dawn damage is so extreme i'll admit i can get annoyed when my lab always gets destroyed if i would stop i would avoid fighting a monodream Cause you're a tough guy, a semi-aquatic rough guy, who think you're so hot stuff guy, my evil schemes rebuffed guy. I'm a bad type, evil science grad type, no love from my bad type, people call me mad type. I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. There's a different thing that's coming up musically and I can't remember where it is. Oh here it is, here it is. It, it's it's the breakdown. It goes like that. Yeah, okay, I got it. She goes, I'm not really all that bad. I'm kind of glad I can still scare ya. I've got this in I mean, you don't know what it does, but maybe that's because I'm taking over the tri-state area. I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. Duh!